Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Nate Abaurea. Tweet me with the love mail and the hate mail that you were far too good at sending at Nate W. ST, get a hold of all of us at World Soccer Talk. Thanks for subscribing to us on iTunes. Leave us a review when you get a chance. It really does help us out. You can also subscribe to us on TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Giovanni Savarese is going to be with us today. That's right, the manager of the New York Cosmos and a man who has got some deep New York soccer roots. He was also a Venezuelan international. We'll talk to Giovanni about his pathway into coaching, talk about the Cosmos' recent title in the North American Soccer League's Soccer Bowl. We'll talk about his playing career, which took him, among other places, to Swansea City. And for those of you familiar with the From a Jack to a King documentary, you know about that time period in the late 90s, early 2000s, and what was going on at Swansea City. Well, Giovanni was a man who actually played at Swansea City during that time period. So we'll talk to him about all things swans during his time in Wales and tie it right back to New York City. Again, this man bleeds New York City soccer. Giovanni Savarese will be with us on the other side of the break. Gotta open the show with a little trip to Port of Spain, Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago, nil. The United States, nil. Scoreless, 0-0, whatever you want to call it. It was a fitting way to end 2015, in my humble opinion, for the U.S. men's national team. And as we deal with all this hyperbole this morning and this afternoon and the hysteria of the Klinsman haters and the Klinsman defenders and Klinsman this, Jurgen that, we're just not that good right now, okay? And a lot of people are going to be so pissed off hearing me say this. We're just not that good right now. We're not that much better than Trinidad and Tobago. Jurgen this, Jurgen that, Jurgen this, Jurgen that. There is so much parody in CONCACAF right now. There's more parody in the CONCACAF region than ever before. And I would like for all of you to have a little historical perspective and realize that in the grand scheme of things, we're still babies, okay? And we're going through some growing pains. Yeah, I would love to see some systematic change. There are a lot of things that I would like to see different with our youth national teams and with our systems of player development and all the way up to the senior team. There are a lot of things that I'd like to see change, but I'll throw it to you this way before we head to our first breaker on World Soccer Talk Radio. If you can't tell me about anything with the U.S. men's national team before, say, the 2010 World Cup, Shut the hell up and just root for your country. Okay, capiche? 
Thank you. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Be historically conscious. It's good for your health. Stay tuned. Welcome back into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Nate Abaurea, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to be joined in this edition of the show by Giovanni Savarese, the victorious manager of the New York Cosmos Soccer Bowl champions. Giovanni, thank you so much for coming on. It is my pleasure to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So, uh, Soccer Bowl champs, you beat the Ottawa Fury in a, a very, very emotional and quite beautiful match, if I, if I may say, on Sunday. So, champions, have, have you been able to exhale yet, Giovanni? First, I uh, appreciate for, uh, you know, saying that, that was an entertaining match, and I definitely believe so. Uh, it was an exciting night uh, at our stadium. Uh, and, of course, you know, when uh, you finish on top and you win the championship after putting so much work during the year, more than anything, you feel... Uh, countless and, and, and now time that you can relax and for a few days and so that definitely is a good feeling for the work that uh, everybody has put you know the players and, and the entire organization. Well, Giovanni, let's go back to, to Sunday and, and the emotion that, that we speak of there. You, you had both national anthems being played with the Cosmos taking on the Ottawa Fury. You had a solid crowd of, of 12,000 at Hofstra. You had the Raul and Marco Senna send off. What, what were the emotions like for you going into that match and in the, in the buildup to kickoff? And, and how are those emotions standing with you right now? No, it, it was, uh, as you said, a, a magic night uh, because uh, a final of, of the NASL hasn't been played uh, since 1972 in Hofstra Stadium. Uh, so being able to bring back a final there with such an energy, so many, you know, such a big crowd, uh, as you mentioned, retiring two great, like Raul and Senna, uh, two teams, a Canadian team, a U.S. team. It had so many components, the, this final. But uh, for me, it's then only the fact that I was uh, focused on, on one thing. It was to make sure that we put the best possible team, that we did the right, that we, we were prepared, and that at the end we were able to accomplish uh, the task that was uh, winning the championship. And now, of course, uh, once uh, the referee whistle, uh, it's like uh, the entire year came to a, a good ending. And, and I was uh, just with my family sitting back watching the players uh, enjoy it, have a good time. And for me, that was... Uh, a perfect moment just seeing them enjoying uh, everything that that, that, that that night had to bring. In the days, hours, and minutes leading up to, to a match like this one, what, what were your conversations like with Raul and, and Marco Senna, considering everything that, that they were going through on a, on a personal level? It, it, it's great, uh, and it's an interesting question, because uh, they were as normal as they have always been, even though they had uh, a lot of feelings inside, these are players that they know how to manage uh, pressure. They, they, they're players that know how to manage uh, these emotions. They're always very balanced in everything that they do. So they, they look very calm, very sure, very uh, you know, ready to be able to perform and, uh, and prepare, focus on, on, on the task. And, and at all moments, you know, I felt that... Uh, uh, they have been in, in, in control, and, and um, when I spoke to the entire team, and one of the, the things that I that I mentioned is the fact that these games are, are won by by champions and, and players that have been in the final, and a lot of the players that we had, you know, besides Raúl, Marcos, uh, uh, 
with the, they, they were at the 2013 championship, so they've been there before, and I think that they gave them a, a nice, calm uh, feeling of uh, stepping in the field and doing the right things. What did they do for for your team this year on the pitch? Considering the, the late stages of their careers that, that they were in, what did they do for you tactically this year? No, more than tactically, they, they brought too many things on the table. I mean, they've been very competitive the entire life. They're still uh, very competitive. Uh, they have a high standard of quality, so they push everything always to the, the max from training, from games. They play uh, each game as it is a final, and uh, their passion to the sport, uh, is tremendous. Uh, they're a, a tremendous example for everyone uh, of professionalism, but as well as, you know, as people outside the field, they are great people and, and uh, they, they are always in, in a very good balance. So for us, it was great because they really felt uh, a, the club, they really wanted to make the New York Cosmos proud and they worked very hard during the entire year for Raul and Marcos for the past three years. Well, Giovanni, I want to talk with you now, kind of stemming off of this, this concept of mentoring young players. You're, you're a guy who had a phenomenal playing career. You've transitioned into the coaching realm, and it's a difficult transition for, for a lot of people who, who had outstanding playing careers. And then you get guys who are still playing. They're, they're towards the end of their outstanding playing careers, the likes of Raul and Marcos Senna. And, and it's kind of a, a coin flip with, with this idea because you get players who sometimes go, hey, I'm, I'm not a babysitter. I'm still a professional footballer. I, I, can't, I can't worry about mentoring a bunch of, bunch of young 20-somethings, a bunch of late teenagers. I got to worry about my own game. I, I'm not a coach yet. I'm not a babysitter. Then you get other guys on the full other end of it who go, I embrace this. I want to pass on my, my love and talent to a, a new generation of players who I'm glad to call my teammates here in, in the last couple of seasons of my career. How were they as far as mentoring the young guys? And speak to that challenge for, for a lot of older players. No, definitely is a, is a part of the selection process because uh, you need to understand that when you're going to bring a player, you need to understand what he's going to be able to bring. And uh, the players that, that, that we were able to bring, Marcos and Raul, uh, yes, definitely, they, they, near, they, they need themselves to focus and to perform the best and to prepare the best possible way for them to be able to perform in the matches. But uh, also in their nature, their leaders, they are uh, true people that want to pass on the knowledge. They are constant communicators. They are... Uh, tremendous professionals. They have a joy in in in, in passing along and in, in making players around them better. And even more so in our team because uh, it became a family. It has become a family. So it's like uh, sharing you know concepts and their uh, experiences with uh, with the players inside the field, uh, in communicating and in giving instructions in in uh, in uh, trying to make the team better, but as well. Sometimes in nights uh, playing in, in Minnesota, in San Antonio, when we go back to the hotel and we're having dinner, uh, and we stayed uh, over and, and you can hear Marcos and, and Raul sitting at a table with the players telling them stories when they play the Champions League or when they play uh, a, a game. And, and that definitely is something that uh, the players all around absorb 
and they were always looking forward to, to listen, and, and they were very pleased to, to share that information uh, because they really felt very much part of the, the organization. Giovanni, when you were really brought into the Cosmos fold and, and this renaissance of, of the Cosmos name, the, the brand, the, the club as a whole back in, in 2012 and this this 28-year hiatus of, of the Cosmos name and the Cosmos club, you basically, I mean, along with, with help from others, you, you built this thing from scratch. I mean, this roster was a from-scratch operation. Talk about how proud you are seeing how far it's come in the last few years and where you would like to see it go from here. Definitely a, a very good question. Uh, extremely proud in, in, in what we have built so far. Uh, I've been with the organization since 2010, uh, this project took a different level in 2012 when we decided to participate in the NASL uh, pertaining for 2013. Uh, at that moment, we were trying to build up a team from scratch, from an idea, try to contact players uh, that didn't understand yet some of the things, going and start practicing with not uniforms, uh, a few balls, and little by little add one player at the time, uh, to see where we are right now, that we have been able to win uh, two championships in three years, building a very good base, building a, a good family, uh, and, uh, and now having a practice facility, uh, a field, uh, uh, trying to build a new stadium. So uh, very proud of uh, being able to build a, a very strong technical area in, in, our, in our club and with the support of a very good ownership. Uh, we still, you know, have uh, a lot to to, to grow. Uh, we still want to continue to uh, make the next steps in, in the technical side in the organization. Uh, we definitely would love to have a stadium that we could call our own, that can be grass field, uh, a, a, a facility that can provide some more things uh, that to be able to prepare the players the the best possible way. Uh, and, and continue to grow, uh, and, and that's something that we have uh, put in ourselves uh, year after year, but we're very proud. I'm extremely proud of the team and what we have accomplished in these past two years. His name is Giovanni Savarese, the New York Cosmos manager, former Venezuelan international. We'll talk about his playing career a little bit later in the program. Staying centered on New York City when we get back right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. It's the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Giovanni Savarese alongside yours truly, Nate Abarea, right here on World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tweet us your take on this conversation. All you Cosmos fans are never shy in the Twitter sphere. Get at me at NateWST. Keep it coming. Love the support of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Get all of us at World Soccer Talk and leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. Now, Giovanni, we, we, we talked there at the end of that last segment about coaching and, and this idea of transitioning into coaching and, and the difficulty that can come with it for, for a lot of former players. How did you uh, deal with that? How did you transition from being a professional footballer into becoming a, a football manager? Yeah, no, one, one thing that I always had, even when I was a player, I loved to keep uh, the practices. I would route, uh, write down 
Uh, there are exercises that each coach uh, will give us, try to pay attention uh, in how the coaches uh, build uh, practices. So I had a, a passion for, for that, you know, for the future. I think a key moment was start to, once I retired, that, that I start working for the uh, Metro Stars and then Red Bulls, uh, it was to work with the academy to create the youth and uh, start working with uh, uh, developing players, uh, starting from from the bottom, uh, being able to have the chance to, to grow more, to put in, 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 in practice uh, some of my ideas, see how they work, and, and wait for the right moment to be able to accept uh, a position uh, in the professional level. So for me, it was a very good transition, very comfortable transition. Uh, even though I felt that I maybe I could have played uh, a few more years, I felt very comfortable in, in, in switching and starting on, on the other life of soccer. Uh, and um, it's something that I feel a passion for, and, and uh, it was a, a good transition for me. Giovanni, the, the coaching staff with the New York Cosmos is very New York City-centric. Pretty much everybody that you guys have around the club, they have roots in the city and, and historic roots with New York soccer. Talk about uh, t- just talk about that a little bit and if that was what was designed on, on purpose, considering the international focus that a lot of other clubs around the New York area seem to be taking. You guys really kept it focused on the Big Apple. It, it was, uh, first of all, I had a special group of uh, people working with me, uh, and uh, every decision was well thought. And uh, a lot of feelings have to go with it. Uh, good feelings on that we will uh, uh, be able to work uh, together on the same ideas, but um, also making sure that we cover uh, the different areas. Uh, Carlos Yamosa, uh, with plenty of experience playing in the United States, but also with international understanding. Uh, he's a defender, was a defender, so he has a perspective uh, as a defender. Uh, brought in Aleko Skandarian who play as a forward, who's uh, been around, knows a lot about college players, uh, but also has a perspective of international uh, football because of uh, his family. Um, now he has the perspective as well as a forward. We have uh, Memo Valencia, who's uh, one of the goalkeepers of the U-20 national team, a U-18 uh, and uh, goalkeeper coach, and he's from Colombia as well. So he's been around this area, knows uh, a lot of coaches, a lot of people uh, here. Luke Sassano, uh, Jack Gaeta, uh, Luis, uh, who's uh, our fitness coach, who we found inside our organization, was working with the youth. So very fortunate to have a tremendous group who's been everyone involved in, in the playing side uh, of the game, and, and they can give a very good perspective, but they also uh, care a lot about the club. Giovanni, when I hear you talk about your, your time with the Metro Stars and I watch videos of, of the goals at the Meadowlands and, and your time in that Metro Stars jersey in the early days of MLS, when I hear you talk about your time off the pitch with, with the Red Bulls organization and everything we're talking about uh, regarding the Cosmos right now, it, it points to something that I've heard from people, your your peers, who just say, man, Giovanni Saurese, he, he bleeds New York City. He, New York City means so much to him. It, it's in his heart. And so I, I I want to just throw it right to you right now here on this show. What does New York City mean to you on both a soccer level and, and just a, a life level? 
is uh, is uh, a great being, uh, a, a, a tremendous interaction uh, with the New York City. Uh, I've been fortunate in some way uh, that uh, every path has taken me always to New York. Uh, I've been always prepared for any challenges anywhere. Uh, we're prepared to go to any city uh, to coach anything, but. Uh, some way, he always uh, came back to New York, and uh, every everything that has always happened makes me feel very proud about the city. Uh, since I started in college in Long Island University, when I chose to come here from Venezuela, uh, from there playing with the Long Island Rock Riders, winning a championship uh, here in New York, and then being drafted by the New York uh, Metro Stars. Uh, then from that point, being able to come back and work for the Metro Stars Red Bull, been able to be now with the New York Cosmos. So it's been in my path always to, to, to have the fortune to be around here. And that uh, every time makes me appreciate more the city, a city that is uh, uh, unbelievable, diverse, uh, that has uh, so many good things. And now that it's becoming more and more a soccer city, uh, it has been uh, tremendous for me. I have a, a great feeling for, from this city and and as I said, every path has always brought me back to be here, and uh, I feel very proud of that. Giovanni, I've always said that the diversity of New York City is one of the most authentically American things uh, about about the Big Apple. And as someone who, who immigrated from Venezuela, touch on that a little bit. Again, on, on both a soccer level and a life level in general, the importance of, of diversity and, and the immigrant roots of, of New York City and what that means to you. It means uh, a lot because I think we have to represent, a team needs to represent uh, the city that, that he participates. Uh, we need to be able to show the best of New York through our team. We are a team that is very diverse. We are a team that is trying to be not only a winning team, but that's trying at least to be able to be entertaining. Uh, we are a club that is trying to not only stay uh, in New York, but be uh, an ambassador from New York to the, to the, to the, to the world. And uh, uh, we have to understand, first of all, what the city is in order to be able to represent it the right way. And uh, I think for me, being here so long, understanding the city, but also giving me the opportunity to travel uh, so much around the world uh, with soccer and understand people even more, definitely gives me that uh, understanding of uh, what this city can offer and, and try to, uh, in some way, represent it the, the best possible way through our team. Giovanni, if you have an opportunity to go to a Yankees baseball game at Yankee Stadium, a New York Knicks basketball game at Madison Square Garden, or a fantastic Broadway show, which one are you choosing? Uh, I'm a, a lover of everything that you have mentioned. I'm somebody <laughs> that likes to learn. Uh, and uh, I will go to the three just I got to get a, a, a ticket for different dates in order that way they don't conflict. And uh, <laughs> I'm a passionate, uh, I love uh, the city, I love Broadway. I entertain uh, going to uh, see baseball, basketball, uh, so in hockey as well. I need to do a better job in uh, trying to go to a football game uh, if I can. But I enjoy very much the city in regards to everything that it can offer. Favorite place where if you need a, a meditative moment in, in New York City, a place to gather your thoughts, where, where are you going, Giovanni? 
uh, I think there are three uh, places that I, I think are key um, for me and everything. You know, when I have to take a moment and, and think, um, definitely, uh, first of all, in, in my house with my family. Uh, second place, always a good restaurant, uh, as I'm a, a lover of uh, the good cuisine. But I think the most important place for me is always uh, church because uh, it's a place in which I can connect, I can get my, my thoughts uh, uh, together and, and be able to, uh, to look at things always uh, with the time that it requires. Again, his name is Giovanni Savaresi, the manager of the New York Cosmos. In the next segment, we're taking a trip down to Venezuela, and then we're also going to take a trip across the pond over to Wales. We're talking Swansea City right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. My name is Nate Abaurea. Get at us on Twitter at World Soccer Talk. Get at me at NateWST and follow at Sports Byline USA for updates on the program. Sit tight. We're back after this. Stay tuned. Hey there, welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Abaurea, and our show today is brought to you by Audible. I've got one free book for you today. The real challenge with Audible, though, is to pick which book. They've got 180,000 titles, bestsellers, fiction, biographies, you name it. There's so many good soccer books to choose from, including... The new business book from Sir Alex Ferguson entitled Leading, where he shares his insight about the leadership skills he used at that club that we know as Manchester United. Plus, there's the John Motson autobiography, the Bobby Charlton book entitled My Manchester United Years, and then there's The Secret Footballer's Guide to the Modern Game, and oh, so many more. Let me give you the link for your free audiobook plus the Daily Digest of the New York Times or Wall Street Journal. All of that is available to you for free for the first 30 days. Cancel during the first 30 days, and you pay absolutely nothing, and the book is yours to keep. I think you'll be hooked. Audible is a great way to listen to your favorite authors on your commute or at the gym or wherever you need them. Here's the deal. Get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash worldsoccertalk. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash worldsoccertalk. Your first month is free. You get one audiobook. Sign up today, audibletrial.com slash worldsoccertalk. Back to business here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network with Giovanni Savarese, the manager of the New York Cosmos. And before we talk about your playing career, Giovanni, which is something I'm very very anxious to get into. I have to actually ask you something. One last thing regarding uh, the New York Cosmos and and the departure, the emotional departure of Marco Senna and Raul that we've spoken so much about. How do you replace guys like that? Can you replace guys like that? And are there any particular players that are are on your radar right now as the manager? We've heard a lot about a a Greek legend by the name of Giorgio Samaras, whether it's uh, the Greek man or anybody else. Is there is there any particular player that you're really looking to to get in a Cosmos uniform? Giovanni, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Did you get that last question? Okay, yes, I did. So you're completely right to mention the fact that these players are irreplaceable. Uh, There's no way that we can bring all the players to take their their spot and and what they have brought to our club. We're going to have to bring different players, other players, that will create something different, that will bring 
Um, again, something to continue growing, but it's impossible to replace Marcos and Raul. We are still, you know, talking to a, a couple of interesting players. You mentioned Samaras. He's been training with us. He's a potential player for us next year. We have to see if that's something that will uh, be finalized. There's other interesting players that we're trying to bring, and, and we're in the process right now, you know, right after a few days from winning the championship. We're working already uh, to contact and to talk to a few players that we're interested in and see if they can uh, be part of a club for next year. Are there any names that you can give us? No, because um, I don't like to say until they're definitely signed. So hopefully soon, you know, we can tell you some good names. All right, I look, I look forward to check. I look forward to checking back in with you, Giovanni. All right, let's take a trip back to the late 1990s and and the start of Major League Soccer in this country and your time with the then New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. And one of the great little tidbits of, of your career is the goal-scoring record with the Metro Stars. It's such a, a great factoid in MLS folklore, and that is that you scored the first eight goals. There was also an own goal uh, in, in there as well, but as far as goals scored by Metro Stars players, you scored the first eight goals in club history. Talk about what, what that particular little stat means to you as far as starting something up from scratch. We talked about that earlier with the Cosmos. I mean, it's funny to think of that same principle there. And just talk about your, your time in the early era of, of Major League Soccer and how you look back on that here in 2015. No, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and uh, it was a great experience to participate during that process when uh, we didn't know exactly what to expect about a new league coming in, MLS, uh, trying to figure out as well where we will be drafted, what team will uh, bring us in and, and work every single day uh, hard to, to stay on, the, on this team. So uh, I was selected the second day by the Metro Stars, and for me it was a, a great moment because uh, two things specifically, one, to be able to stay in New York. Uh, and the second thing, it was great to be able to play to one player that I saw growing up, like Roberto Donadoni. And uh, for me, it was a, a great feeling once I knew I was going to be part of the Major League Soccer. Uh, for me, it was a proud moment as well because uh, as I counted as a, one of the foreign players in those four slots that each team had. So there were a little bit more pressure. So... For me, I had to perform. I have to be able to provide something uh, that could maintain my position in, in the team. And, and for me, I, I said from the beginning that I will uh, do my best as a forward to score goals, to work very hard to the organization to represent the best possible way the, the, the logo, the shirt, the colors, uh, the fans. And, uh, and that's what I did. And, and it happened to be that at the beginning stage, um, I scored all the goals for the for the Metro Stars, um, but more than me scoring, it was more of helping the team, uh, whoever could. And, and at that point, was my uh, me with my goals that could carry some good results. And, and little by little, the team continue, the, the team continued to grow. Um, so it was a great experience to be at that beginning of Major League Soccer. Seeing now what you have uh, gotten to makes me feel very proud to have been one of the founders members of this league and, and especially my time in New York. Uh, never, I will never forget because of the treatment that I received from the fans and, and that they always supported me through the entire time that I was there. 
We're going to jump forward a couple years in your playing career right now. We're going to hop on a plane and we're going to head to South Wales. That's right. We're going to Swansea City for this one, Giovanni. You you spent a, a two thousand portion of 2000 and, and 2001 uh, playing for Swansea. scored 10 goals for the Swans. And this was during a time of footballing turmoil on and off the pitch for, for Swansea City. And for those of, of the listeners familiar with the From a Jack to a King documentary, uh, which I'm sure you've had a chance uh, uh, to check out, Giovanni. It's such an amazing time in, in the history of this club, and they're still playing at the, the Vetch Field Stadium, the, this run-down, nasty ground in South Wales. What are your memories like? Again, looking back on them now, what do you remember most about your time with Swansea City during that particular era? No, I remember when uh, John Holland's... Uh uh, my gaffer uh, asked me to travel to uh, South Wales. Uh, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I was excited about playing in, in, in England uh, because, of course, uh, uh, Swansea has always participated in the, in the English league. Uh, so being able to participate in, 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 in that league for me was uh, exciting. Uh, arriving there and, and getting to to see the, the the true soccer, how passionate the people are for their team, how the the culture of going Saturday, uh, preparing to support the team, and as you mentioned at that time, uh, the team going through some up and down. I remember that time I came after a few games, the team didn't win at that point any games, and uh, being able to score two goals and, and I think was. Uh, Stoke, uh, the team that we play against, and we beat them 3-2 with two goals, 2-1, uh, I'm sorry, with two goals that I scored. Uh, right there from that moment, the fans, uh, they treated me very special. Um, I, I went to score 14 goals in that season. For me, playing in the Vetch was true core soccer, uh, and uh, being able to experience uh, uh, such a wonderful city, uh, not only from the perspective of the city and the in the game, but also being able to have uh, my first daughter be born in, 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 in Swansea. Um, this is a special feeling for, for that city, and, and I was very proud when I went back in this past December, and, and I was welcomed with uh, such a joy by everyone that remembered my time uh, that when I was there. Only one year, unfortunately. I would have wanted to stay even longer, unfortunately. At that time, as you said, there was difficulties with the club. The club was relegated to third division. Uh, there was a, an offer that made uh, by Millwall uh, going to play in championship uh, that year that I couldn't pass. People understood. Uh, even though my heart remained in Swansea, I had to make the move. But I always they appreciate every minute that I that was there as well as me and my family enjoyed my time in, in, in Swansea. You're a family man. You're such a family man. And talk a little bit more about that, the fact that your daughter was born in Swansea. So, I mean, not only do you have this playing legacy there, but your family is, is forever linked. Every time you look at your daughter, she's, she's a swan. She was born in Swansea. I mean, talk about what that means to you, that family connection that you'll forever have with Swansea City. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's a constant reminder, uh, my daughter, when... When I see her off uh, our time in, in, in Wales, and, and that's one of the things why I said to her that uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, she had the chance to go back and see where we lived. Uh, she was, you know, so little 
Uh, I wanted her to experience, to see where she was born, uh, to be able to see the city, uh, and, and be able to see where the club is now. Uh, she remained a, a Swansea fan uh, as well, and, and uh, it was great for her to, to be able to see everything once again. Remember that when she was born, one of the things uh, the fans wanted me to do is to call her Jack. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's the only thing I couldn't do due to the fact that she was a girl. And, uh, but uh, just the feelings and, and seeing some of the players that I, that I play with and, and some of the assistant coaches that were with me still be with the, with the club, uh, it showed me how much they care uh, about the organization and, and how much is in the heart of everyone there. Had the chance to go to the midfield and uh, enjoy the time with the fans there. And one of the, 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 the moments that, that remained for me uh, was when I got to the middle and, and they started screaming, you know, Jack Pastor. Uh, it, it was, uh, uh, for those that don't know, it's, it's a compliment uh, for, for the fans because they really feel and that there's a mutual feeling of appreciation uh, for the time that, that I spent there. Do you have any, uh, any, any good stories from that time that I've heard described by, by true Swansea supporters as one of the funkiest periods in the entire history of Swansea City as a football club? Do you have any, any good stories, anything off the pitch, in the town, or around the ground that you remember interacting with the supporters, anything that you could share with us? Uh, i never forget the, the, door, the, the North Bank uh, area, uh, celebrating a goal going there, uh, how much passion they had to celebrate, how much they wanted us to fight to survive, uh, the feeling of competition between Swansea and Cardiff in the final that we play uh, in the Welsh uh, Cup. Uh, that unfortunately, that game we ended up losing at home. Uh, but, uh, you know, the competition level, the, the pride of the club, uh, how it is truly uh, a club for the people and run by the people. Um, the experience of going through the entire Wales uh, country, uh, going from down South Wales to Wrexham and North, uh, going to different places there, uh, it really was a, a remarkable experience. And, and for us, we tried to take advantage as well that whenever we had a day off, uh, you know, we had the chance to go and see the, uh, Stonehenge in, in uh, London. And uh, so we really grasped the, the, the best of, uh, you know, Great Britain. What goes through your mind when on a Saturday or Sunday morning you get a chance to, to watch a few minutes of a Swansea match and, and you see them you know, competing for a, a European spot at their highest of highs now? I mean, what goes through your mind when you think back to the, the time that you were there and you see them doing what they're doing here now? First, I see it as a, as a fan, uh, as uh, someone that cares the best uh, for the club, that hopes the best for the club, uh, and that uh, wanted to arrive as far as... Uh, it could. Uh, I, I also have a, an enjoyment uh, because I think it's a club that tries to stay true to an idea of soccer and, and, and try, tries to play an entertaining style. Uh, whoever the coach will be coming in, at least it, it, it tries to maintain the same philosophy. Uh, so for me, it, it's just a joy uh, watching the club, uh, you know, arrive with what it is. Uh, and uh, I'm a firm believer that I never think about what if. Uh, I'm always somebody that said thanks for the opportunity and thanks uh, for uh, giving me everything that I had at that moment, and, and I'm thankful for, for everything that I, that I had in, in Swansea. 
and I follow with a lot of joy, you know, very, very close uh, Swansea City every, every game that they have. All right, Giovanni, we, we went to Venezuela, we went to South Wales, and let's round this thing up going right back where we started to New York City. We've got a lot of Cosmos fans that listen to this show. We've only got 40 seconds left here with you, but in that brief time, anything that you'd like to say uh, to, to the Cosmos nation out there listening? That we have, uh, have gone into this path of uh, rebuilding this club that is historical, uh, a club that we want to make sure that respects the past but that builds a new future. And in order to be able to create something amazing, we need the help of everyone, uh, especially the fans uh, that come to support us all the time. Uh, we have done great. There's so much more that we need to do, and we need to work every single day to make uh, this club proud. And, and we hope that we can uh, get more and more people that are there that care about the club and, and that I'm sure will be in this path uh, for the future. Giovanni Savarese, this has been a great pleasure and privilege having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, again, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. No, thank you. It was uh, enjoyable. And uh, thank you for the time. Again, that was Giovanni Savarese, former Venezuela international and the current manager of the New York Cosmos. Back to take the express train home after this Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. If you're out on the day, then you bring it on late. It's a sin. Have you gotten in on Fubo TV yet? You got to do it. El Clasico coming up this weekend. Madrid, Barcelona, and you know the game is on BN Sports here in the U.S. But if you don't get BN on your cable or satellite, no need to worry. You can watch the game live or on demand with Fubo TV, a completely legal streaming service featuring tons of games each week from not only La Liga, but MLS, Liga Emeaki, Serie A, English Championship, Capital One Cup, and a whole lot more. You get BN, BN Espanol, Gold TV, Univision Deportes, Unamas, Fusion, so much more. Fubo TV, DVR functionality, works on your smartphone, computador, tablet, Roku, Amazon Fire, and the Apple TV. Sign up for your free 24-hour trial today, worldsoccertalk.com slash Fubo TV. Thanks to Fubo. Thanks to the gaffer. Thanks to Giovanni Savarese. Thanks to Dom Jimenez. My name is Nate Abarea. I will talk to you tomorrow. World Soccer Talk Radio signing off.